0: Hello there, welcome to the Heavy Hole. My name is Tom. It's Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck over here. My name is Justin. How you doing, guys? Fantastic.
1: I'm good, but Justin, uh, we, right off the bat, let's go, let's talk about that Why are shirt. you looking at me like this? You, you want us to talk about your shirt, otherwise you wouldn't have worn it. You don't well, wear shirts on. like that unless
0: you're trying to be talked about. What do you mean? Yeah. I wear shirts every day.
1: Yeah, Not yeah. like that. <laughs> well, it's I'd beautiful.
0: Be, i be getting in tie-dye shirts because it's a podcast. We have to break this down. Sure. Will
1: we got to put some pictures on the social media? Well, let's interpret it. I'll give you my interpretation of this shirt. <laughs> okay, it's a it's a um uh, uh, uh a corpse grinder era logo Cannibal Corpse shirt that bears uh, the title Hammer Smashed Face on the bottom. The image—it's what is that—a baseball bat through some sort of human skull. It's a hammer through (laughs) face. I'm (laughs) like, well, well, it's also the 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 corpse grinder era logo, and it says hammer smash face. So every every who all bets are off. It's fucking weird. Yeah, all bets are off. All Hmm. right, so it is a hammer through the face. Mm -hmm. Is that, um, is that a flag of a country? What is that blue with the little globe? What's going on in the background of that?
0: Well, I believe that's just a framing device. Well, yeah. It looks like a, it could be a Dragon Ball or maybe a secret World of Warcraft flag. I thought I maybe
1: this was a specific tour shirt for for a certain country, uh, and that was like a, to represent their flag, maybe.
0: It's, it's based off of one of the original uh, Hammer Smash face, you know, uh, original corpse shirts from the 90s with their new logo because they just released this shirt on their website. Oh, I thought, oh, nice. I thought it might
1: have been a crazy mix-up bootleg from the 90s. Yeah, so I
0: didn't, okay. you know, it's rare, but I didn't pay hundreds of dollars for this shirt. I, I paid retail. Nice. Yay. It's fantastic. Hey, all that, right. Which means it's a deal. It it's, it's beautiful. is beautiful. Yes. Um Also, uh, the, the, it looks like some kind of bleach treatment. It's a, a black shirt that has been uh, molested with bleach. Mm-hmm. And that's a good way to do it. Uh, because it's blotchy and it looks like algae, and it's cool.
1: Is he uh, a hipster? Is this no. okay? Uh, well, be- I'm just I'm bamboozled here. I'm 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 flummoxed by this shirt. So yeah, you have like this acid treated tie dye like <laughs> shirt with the new era Cannibal Corpse logo and this crazy imagery that it has a globe. <clears throat> it's like a globe image. Like, there's got to be some symbolic thing with that blue and the globe.
0: I'm just trying to support, support bands in this trying time, you know? It Not almost like... looks like the Pennywise logo for some reason. Is, is that a mashup, Pennywise and Cannibal Corp? That would okay. be a fun show. That All right. Is, yeah, yeah. All
1: right. I have the same cognitive shirt and, good. Red, what about this and, hat? And, and red sweatpants I've been wearing, so I can't compete in the fashion show tonight. Oh, yeah, he's got a WrestleMania 10 hat. No big deal. Yeah. Where, where'd you get That's
0: that? Good. that? Yeah, that, that cost a
1: little bit. Well, I'm rich, so yeah i i yeah i shop at marshall's big and tall
0: section i'm rich i'm you know just uh, stealing pennies off that patreon <laughs> i i
1: i tour in bands. i tore in bands and and and, perf- and perform their vocals to get a hat that's the, that's how that's i get that's the paid. payment yeah shout to pyrexia thanks for my flat <laughs> flat bill hat it's a nice hat it's good yeah so will uh, how was your week Um, I've been wearing these sweatpants since yesterday. Those are sick. (laughs) (laughs) They match a lot of my bloody death metal shirt imagery. Um, It's good color. Good. We had an afterbirth rehearsal yesterday. That was very fun. How are the boys doing? Uh, Boys are doing great. I'm still waiting for Dave to check back in. We've been having these guitar drummer vocal rehearsals. Um, uh, New material being written, exercising old material, doing my vocals. I love it. I bring my own microphone. Wear a mask in the lobby. We're doing things the modern way now. Uh, it's wild. Um, let's see what else going on, man. Shout to uh, Brian Parker from Anoint the Sick. He sent us some heavy hole uh, merch. I got to show you guys these T-shirts he sent us. Man, we'll take pictures and put them on the site. Oh, sweet. man band yeah. Anoint the Sick. We're yes. going to be talking
0: about that one soon. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: so we'll have some pictures of that on the social media, man. We're waiting for some other stuff to come through the pipeline, man. But things are going good. Getting ready for the holiday season. Yeah. Uh, uh, trying not to be depressing. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to be uplifting, which is why I turn to you. Tom.
0: To me, well, uh, I have I have really been thinking of in terms of emotions. I've been thinking in terms of Bitcoin, mm. and that shit's <laughs> up. So I'm doing well. Flex. Bitcoin I, wow. is up. It's very nice. Wow, it's very, very up. Nice. Hopefully, Flex. by the time this comes out, it's even more upper. Yeah. Flex. How do you think I can afford such fancy clothes? A little bit at a time. Yeah. Wow. We are funneling. The Patreon money directly into Bitcoin. To Bitcoin, yes. Wow. Thank you so much. Uh, wow. Patreon.com slash like Cyber Grind. Yes, that's it Cyber is Grind. Exactly um, that. Yeah. Is that how you pay for Cyber Grind now? You use Bitcoin? If Napalm Death is the love of cold hard cash, then Bitcoin is uh, Japanese Kimper Sphere or whatever the hell that band is. Just Cyber Grinding all day. Yeah. Uh, I like those is, words a lot.
1: Look, you guys are completely outside of my comfort zone. I'm scared. So I'm going to run back to my closet full of underground brutal death metal demos from the 90s and pick out my Dead and Feast on the Flesh of the Dead demo uh, while we prepare to call tonight's guest. Von Young of Dead and... Uh, formerly of Dead and I should say. And uh, currently of Lividity, And we're even going to talk about his gross old band Putrefaction. Hell yeah. And his new project that also features uh, other people from illustrious death metal bands. It's, it's an all-star project. Does he have a phone? Let's find out. This is uh, Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast Here as always with Justin and Tom And tonight we're joined on the phone by none other than Von Young, uh, who people may know From his work in Dead in and also currently Levitity, uh and a newer band That we're going to talk about. How you doing, Von?
2: I'm good, man uh, Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you very much for your time Man, and I should shout out um, Jimmy Forster and other listeners Who've requested you uh, And requested that we get you on the show Just to show them that we are listening to to Requests and people that people want to hear about <laughs>
2: Yeah, little Jimmy's everywhere, man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Everybody knows him, man. And um and another friend of mine, Dave Glading from New York. I think I think he might have bought some merch or some posters off of you or something like that, man. I know you're oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's another old school guy from back in the day, man. But uh, talking about back in the day, we always start off by asking the guests if you're from a, a particularly musical family, uh, or if uh, anyone in your family is friendly to hard rock or heavy metal right off the bat when you're a little kid
2: um no not not really a musical family um had some older brothers a typical story you know the, the older brothers listened to, to some other stuff and kind of got me into it so my my brothers um were five and seven years older than me and they were they were into i grew up in the 80s and uh they were getting into the you know the hardcore stuff and and my, my oldest brother was into the metal you know the slayers and and all that stuff but during that heyday, you know, 83, 84, in that area. And I, being a curious younger brother would just always kind of raid their, their music collections, and that's how I kind of stumbled onto everything.
1: Okay, and um, before we get into playing guitar and music, I also want to ask, because of the themes, uh, the really extreme uh, themes of some of your bands, is there early on an interest in horror movies or true crime?
2: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I mean, I think, I think growing up as an '80s kid, I mean, you—that's that, all that was on TV. I mean, it was different. I think back in those days, you had a lot of horror influence on your HBO and your Cinemax on TV. That just—it was just always there. You know, we'd always go do sleepovers at buddies' houses, and we'd go raid the uh, the horror movie section, and we'd stay up, you know, as long as we could, just watching, you know, Toxic Avenger and Sleepaway Camp, and you know, stuff like that. You know, we, we just read those those yeah those 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 classic eighties B horror movies that you know everybody loves today still. Yeah, uh, <clears throat>
1: yeah. So, um, be, then before we get into like the extreme metal and stuff like that, when do you pick up a guitar?
2: Uh, that was about thirteen or fourteen. Uh, we were at a flea market me up with my parents and just kind of begged them i got this cheap 50 dollar strat copy harmony guitar and uh another buddy of mine at that same age started picking up guitar as well so we, we both started kind of at the same time we were going to start this band you know and and uh, that that's how it kind of started um that guitar was junk and couldn't really stay in tune longer than 30 seconds so i did what i could with it and eventually you know Got more and more into it. I was heavy into skateboarding and stuff at that time as well. So it was, you know, 50% skateboarding, 50% music at that point. And um, whenever I have some downtime, I just pick it up and try to figure some things out. I didn't really take much in the way of lessons. I did a lot of things by listening to ear, just, you know, with a cassette deck and rewinding and trying to figure out notes on my own. I think I had maybe four or five months worth of lessons in me. And then my, of course, my grades were bad, so my parents took my stuff away, from my, you know, those luxuries away, like guitar lessons. So I was stuck uh, trying to figure things out on a on a tape deck and and just, you know, burning things up with reverse and forward and fast forward and you know, trying to figure things out by ear.
1: All right, so, uh, you know, like you said, in, back in the day, in the '80s and into the, horror, you know, horror movies were prevalent. Um, heavy metal was a lot bigger back then. Uh, and, yeah. and 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 you know you said you have you have older siblings uh, you know Slayer and that sort of thing, but at at some point uh, you know you become Von Young from the band Dead in. I mean, when do you discover <laughs> e- extreme underground music? Like, when does it go from Slayer to like what is it? Death metal, grindcore? Do you discover local bands? What happens?
2: Okay, so when I started raiding my brother's music collection, I was probably nine or ten. He played. I still remember to this day he played. Whiplash by Metallica for me. I was nine and I was just, I was blown away. From that point on, they were, I should preface their half brother. So he lived in Texas for the majority of the year and he'd come up in the summer. So he, he, uh, I'd, I'd get to check out his stuff, you know, during the summers. Well, during the, the entire time he's gone, I'm just scouring the earth for Metallica stuff because at this point, that's, that's the heaviest thing I know. I've, I've been listening to, uh, you know, depth. Def Leppard, Rat Iron Maiden, Twisted Sister, stuff like that. But now I've heard this Whiplash song and I'm just through the the roof over it. Well, I live in kind of a smaller area in uh, mid-central Illinois, and my brother's from Houston, so he's got everything at his, you know, in his beck and call, basically. He's seeing every tour you can imagine from the 80s. And I'm up here trying to find this band that nobody around here even knows of. Finally, I find a, a Metallica album and I, I get it and i'm just you know that's all i listen to well then it's just the typical okay you know you're looking through the thanks lists you're, you're seeing what bands are talking about so then i start you know pouring through the magazines and you're you're starting to to find and, and search out other bands probably the biggest turning point for me which wasn't in my eyes, probably like a mainstream band that I really broke off into was when Sodom's "Persecution Media came out. And, I mean, I've still got the flyer on my wall to this day, just because it's that much of an influential album for me. It was just super raw. I, I ended up feeling... We went to. Uh, it's crazy how I can remember like all these little things still. You know, just these pivotal moments. I I guess yeah. in your life the music stuff, man. It's like I I went down to visit my. Grandmother in St. Louis. I went to a music shop. I got Among the Living and Persecution Mania the same day, and I was just through the roof. So, Persecution Mania stuck in my head. It was just a different kind of feel. It was just a different kind of intensity. It was raw. It was just like, wow. And it just, from that point on, it just kept getting, you know, this need and this desire to find heavier and heavier and faster and faster. Um, From there... I was probably, I I can't remember what year that came out. I'm guessing like 86, 87. Um, From there, you know, you're you're just bouncing stuff back and forth with your friends at school, you know, King Diamond, um, trying to get into things that are, you know, every week somebody's trying to come up with, you know, who's got the cooler thing that they went and found at the music store, you know, this week, you know, saving your allowance, I got the Stormtroopers of Death on vinyl, and you know it was that was that's like one of my biggest, most influential albums for me personally. That's one of my absolute favorites. Um, then you know a couple of years goes by, and you start drifting from the from the thrash metal, and you start getting into the heavier stuff. Uh, you know we started getting into the sepulteras and the obituaries. We had friends that were you know, older than us, so we were getting into Guar and just some, some more of the, you know, further out there stuff that just wasn't as commercial um, at that time. I mean, I guess it is now. Um, you know, guys getting into cannibal corpse. Um, I didn't really start getting into the underground scene until probably 93, 94. Um, started doing the tape trading and stuff like that. I had a, I had a good buddy that I started the band with called Future Faction before the, uh, and uh, Liberty stuff. Uh, Liberty was just starting. and was going, but I wasn't in the band yet. Um, but I got a lot of info from him on, you know, how the whole tape trading thing worked and the, the whole underground scene worked. So, uh, I started doing a bunch of tape trading to him. And, uh, this is the guys from Corpse Vomit in Chicago. Uh, that that was some of the first guys i started trading with because we were you know watching the at shows and stuff they would they come down here and do some shows and um flesh grind and those guys yeah. um and then it just you know kind of blossomed in from there you know um it, it seemed like it all happened kind of fast it went from that you know that thrash era stuff and then i just jumped into you know you're watching headbangers ball at two in the morning yeah. 15 because you don't have anything else to do you know you, you can't go anywhere <laughs> and I lived in a town of like 500 people so it's like what was I going to do I stayed up and uh, until all hours of the night I recorded all of the I'd actually record all the Headbangers walls and uh I'd go through them and I'd um, I'd write a list of every single video I have I've still got these videos I've probably got 30 of them and I've got handwritten a handwritten list of what all the videos are it's ridiculous
0: we're big fans but of I, databases I here we love that what's that? No, we're big fans of databases here. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's
2: it's. I can't imagine having that kind of time now, Um, but I mean, that's all I had was back then. So yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I, I know, I know what you mean.
1: I we were we just recently had uh, Ken from Ken's Death Metal Crypt, the YouTube channel on. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got an amazing collection, and uh, he's got it all cataloged in a database. Man, it's it's like daunting to think about. Spirit Yeah, that,
2: that dude's stuff is ridiculous. He's got a collection that's just unfathomable.
1: Yeah, yeah, man. Um, and, <laughs> and and if I could stop you there though, because you did mention putrefaction, and, and it's funny well, yeah. because you talk about how fast it goes. It was like it was like one one day I was listening to Iron Maiden "Fear of the Dark" in my my bedroom as like a thirteen year old. And it felt like the next day I was getting uh, putrefaction and dead in demos from, from infection distribution in the mail. Um, oh, oh,
2: yeah. Charlie infection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I actually, uh, I, on a whim, I just kind of ordered that stuff. I think my, my friend Adam Rotella, he's a, he does the Noise core Project, Anal Birth, and he was doing a lot of tape trading before oh, yeah. me. Um, he was in touch with actually uh, Slow a lot. It's, it's, it's pronounced Slow, right? We, we pronounce it Slough. That's what I thought, Slough. Okay. Um, I know I know. Adam used to tape trade with Rotted Rick, and I kind of got a lot of that stuff like dubbed from Adam and, and, and into that stuff oh, to yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I wanted to ask you a little bit about that because Putrefaction was with Chris Noyes, who was a member of yep. Slough at some point, uh, and, and John Wellborn, who I take it from the research, kind of is known to produce and mix a lot of death metal bands
2: uh, from the area and, and a lot of people you've worked with. Yeah, he did, um, so, so yeah, John was a, uh, he was a, he was in, we're, we live in a college town here, and he was going to school here, and Noise, uh, Chris Noise is the, the guy that got me into the whole underground scene, um, and we, we had been talking about doing a project, I was in a, kind of like a thrash death project before that, and that project kind of fizzled out, so then, then Chris and I started talking about doing the Petrifaction gig, and we got a hold of, uh, John Wellborn, he'd, he'd go to shows. We'd, we'd always be going to local shows, and he would uh, frequent them. And we finally got to talking, and, and he had kind of this crude, you know, recording system at his house. And we—it would really—it was just all he could do. Drum uh, programs, and we could just throw stuff down. And he—he—he he, he was a great guitar player, but he he played bass, and I did all the all the guitar stuff for that. And it was, this was stuff that. It literally took us no time to write. We just, huh. you know, for <laughs> all tens of and purposes, just shit it right out. But I mean, it's... Um, yeah, it, it, John's a great dude. He he does a band called Empyrean Sky now. Um, and it's... He, he moved up to Chicago. And it's like this really intricate, just crazy, really well thought out, really well played, just fantastic musicians uh, kind of metal stuff. Like, you know, some deaf vocals, some clear, but, but really, really good stuff. Really great stuff. And just so Chris joined Slough. Uh, that was probably like 96, 97, probably 97, 98. Because I was kind of on the way out then was kind of falling out at that point. But and then he, he started doing some stuff with Slough. And they never really did much more. I'm not sure if he ever made any recordings on that. I mean, yeah, he's,
1: he's listed on uh, on Metallum, but I did want to ask you about Sluff. Now, is it fair to say that you're roughly from the same area in terms of the metal scene as Sluff and Lividity?
2: Oh, absolutely. I went to, so so where I'm at, I'm in uh, basically Champaign, Illinois, which is right smack dab, kind of in the central east um, of the state. Everybody thinks we're from Chicago. We're about two and a half, three hours from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school with Matt Bishop from Lividi, Um actually played in a couple bands with him. And then the guys from Deton, we all went to high school together. I joined up with them. And then Matt and Dave, uh, the other guitar player, Dave, he was living in Champaign at that same time. Slough was from about probably 40 minutes away. So everybody's from the same area. Rick was on a, in a band with Mike, the, the original guitar, uh, bass player from Liberty called Dreaded Infection. So that's all. I mean, we, yeah, we're all really... Close, tight knit group of group of dudes. I mean, it, it, you can't throw a rock without you know hitting the family tree
1: somehow. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's because that's what I wanted to talk about. Is that's and you, and you also <coughs> mentioned that some people think it's it's like Chicago, but it's a distinct scene from Chicago. And when oh, yeah, when someone says Chicago, I think like you said, corpse vomit. I think um, cyanide. Uh, but when oh, some, yeah. when someone talks about your area, I think. Uh, like really brutal, like brutal death metal bands that were like um, uh, kind of in a rush to get to the brutal era of death metal. If you look at the '90s in hindsight, yeah, um, and also yep. pushing the extremity in terms of um, the pornographic and gore angle. Um, I mean, if we're, if we're going to be real about it, it was almost like the extremity was not just with the music and the blast beats and the vocals. It was like how can we up uh, butcher to birth how can we up the cover of deicide once upon the cross is that fair to say
2: you know and looking back i don't think any of us were just were, were flat out trying to do that i just think it's it was just something we were doing um yeah i mean it, it's definitely different than the chicago scene i mean chicago you had like you said cyanide courtrawl that scepter oppressor um flesh grind broken hope
1: yeah
2: um they they all had kind of like this kind of and, and they, there's different factions up there They're like the cyanide group of guys like cyanide scepter and corpse on it they didn't really mix well with the flesh grind broken hope dudes so that you had like two kind of groups up there it was really kind of weird um you know sometimes we'd play shows with with one group of bands but we'd never played shows with the other group of bands at the same shows it, it was really it was this really weird kind of thing where down where we were at man we just wanted to play shows we didn't care who you were we we we'd do shows you know as much as we could us being in a college town it was no problem back in those days for us to have two hundred 300 kids on a Thursday night um, so we would we would always constantly be doing shows and I don't know that we were we set out specifically to try to one up anything. We, it was just, we had, you know, from the dead end standpoint, well, I guess from the putrefaction standpoint, we, we, we wanted it to be, you know, grind gore porn, whatever. I mean, that was kind of what it was. We didn't really think anything of it at the time, but when that kind of was on the outside, I was doing the dead end thing and it was, I was very adamant when I came in, I kind of took over the reins of the dead end thing. And I was very adamant about um, wanting to use live, like, real gore pictures and things like that. A lot of that kind of stuff was kind of on the internet at that point. And that's kind of what I gravitated to, you know, coming from a horror background and true crime, like what you were saying. That that was stuff I was really, really into. Um, To me, it didn't make sense to pay somebody to try to do uh, a cover that may or may not look, you know, like what I want when I can go get something that's just sick and vile and whatever and it's, it's real thing, something real it, it just meant more to me to have that and then you have Lividity the Lividity guys were, were doing that whole um, that just silly kind of porn kind of serious kind
0: of
2: uh, gore thing so I mean it was just everybody was just kind of doing their own thing and, and Slough was doing that, that too They were, I, I would say Slough was trying to maybe push the envelope a little bit more because they were um yeah, they were they were doing a little bit different than what we were doing we were all doing, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, but
2: I, if if anybody had a conscious, you know thought about it, I would say it was the fluff guys, but i don't I don't feel like we did other than I just you know really liked gore stuff., um, but I wasn't like, oh, this is gonna top this album or that album. It was just this is what fits with what we're doing. And the lyrics that we were writing were all more factual based. Kind of uh, lyrics. For, for the most part, the, the lyrics we were writing were loosely based off of something. They weren't all just you know thought up in your, in your head or something.
1: Well, yeah, that? And, that, and that's that's why. I said, no, that's why I said true crime too. Because some a thought that occurred to me. We recently had King Fowley of Deceased on the show. And we talked about horror movies, and we talked about how serial killers became very prevalent in our uh, in our consciousness, as as as, as, I think, as a nation, as a culture, after the '70s. And that's why you see more like Freddy Krueger and and Jason and Michael Myers in the in the horror movies start to become more important than like maybe say Dracula and Frankenstein. And um, you know, something that I thought to, to to like add to that is. Jeffrey Dahmer is discovered um and arrested and persecuted. I think that was ninety ninety one and yeah. um, and slough dealt with that that subject matter very heavily uh and I feel like maybe that's just part of you know it's like it's a reflection of what of the real world it's a reflection of true crime and it's kind of like upping the ante uh not just in death metal but as a society is is do you, do you have any thoughts on that
2: absolutely i think you' I think you're totally on point with it and I think from there's there's a kind of fantasy about it. I mean, we're from, like I said, we're from a very small, you know, farm area. I mean, the the town where I, where I you know, I guess I'm from is only about 60,000 people. But the, the little town that I lived in outside of there was five miles from there was about 500 people. So we're not like in Chicago where you've got millions and millions of people. And it's just, you know, chaos and crazy shit happening all the time. So I think when you're in a small area like this in the middle of nowhere and that thing resonates with you, it's really easy to go down that rabbit hole and dig and, and, and kind of fantasize and think, I mean, you got nothing else to do. So I, I don't know. That, that's my take on it, maybe. But, yeah, I, I don't know if I answered Gary or not. But, no, I mean, well, yeah, that's
1: that's what I'm getting at because when you see, like you said, putrefaction, obviously, it's a little bit more, um, maybe people might want to compare it to like the meat shits or something, that kind of tongue-in-cheek sense of humor, shock value type of thing but when you gra- when you yeah. graduate with to, to like deaden the um deaden seems very conceptual to me it seems almost like a a metal version of watching silence of the lambs or or one of the you yeah. know some, something along those lines like it's very serious there's no humor element
2: really yes um that was a very big that, that was my push i think i was very very serious about it i was very serious about the music i was very serious about it not being comical, Um, I didn't want it to be, to me, Cannibal Corpse, while I like the early Cannibal Corpse, I don't like anything after probably the Bleeding, really. But while I like everything up to that point, it was very comical to me. I liked things that were more, I was very, very picky with with death metal. Um, And if if the name just sounded cheesy, even though the band might have been great, I'm probably not going to check it out at first. But I, I wanted it. I wanted my death metal to be very serious, <laughs> for, for as ridiculous as that sounds. Well, um, well, no, it makes prom-
1: it makes sense. Go ahead. Do, do you ever do you ever think that maybe you made it so serious and so extreme that it was less accessible? That that, that maybe you, you 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 like instead of having a more like like Cannibal Corpse a more kind of cartoonish take on the gore the the painting on the album by using the real gore. Do you think maybe you made it more exclusive?
2: I think to a degree, but I think there was certain things, I mean, obviously we're, you know, we were never that big or whatever, but I think to a degree in our little niche of, uh, what we were doing, I think people sought out what we were doing. One, possibly, you know, slightly because of, you know, obviously people dug the music, but I think for the cover stuff as well. Um, and then once we got into the the Hymns of the Sick album, there was, uh, we had some, some pretty graphic stuff in there so people sought that album out specifically for some of the graphic stuff yeah um, I,
1: I for, fortunately I was kind of tuned in and I, I I do own that um album that was yeah that that was pretty that's pretty wild <laughs> so so the
2: key with that one is uh, without you know getting into a whole bunch of stuff it took us forever because we initially released that ourselves and then rich um, Lipscomb from Flesh started, you know, to get asked us if we could be his first release. But so when we were trying to do that album, we went through like nine different pressing companies. And back in those days, nobody would press it because it was just so graphic. Yeah. So we finally found a place that would print the CDs. And we found another place that would do the covers and the tray card. And then we had to make all the tray or not the the, the outside tray card, but the inside tray card. We had to make it Kinkos. And we had a buddy that worked at Kinko's, and I'd go in there at 3 o'clock in the morning and we'd print all kinds of stuff out, and there was actually seven different train cards. Um, so once you looked up the, depending on what you had, you'd have a different picture. So
1: uh, I'll just say I got the one that depicts a broom.
2: Yes, that you- was the one that was supposed to be, that was the main one that was supposed to be, that was the one that was getting us shut down for, with everything. So we still did that one. Then we did uh, six different other ones. There was like a Jeffrey Dahmer victim. There was like a, a abscessed asshole. There was all kinds, just all kinds of just gruesome shit. And it got to a point when we'd go to these shows and people would buy two and three copies because they'd want different inlays. So it was like, what in the world? You know, it was it was pretty crazy. But yeah, the the Broom Girl was definitely the, the most sought after one. Wow, okay. Um,
0: it's like Pokemon cards for gore. It's <laughs> yeah. Love it.
1: Yeah, well, that real gore. The thing is, you know, nowadays the internet is wide open. Um, you know, I, we don't even have to talk about, you know, everybody I, I knows what you can watch nowadays uh, with, with a click oh. of a button. But in the 90s, it was kind of like you had Rotten.com, and there probably were a few yep. that I didn't know about. And using real gore, like, there's, you know, you had, what, a dead infection, a chapter of accidents, you had regurgitate oh, would yeah. use things, and, you know, obviously dead And you guys, but, but it, it would be a few years yet till you started seeing those pictures get repeated,
2: you know? Right, right. We actually used, for one of the, you was back in the day, you had to make little ads, and send them in the mail. We actually used the picture that Devourment used for molesting the captain for the Hems of the Sick album as an ad before they used it on the album. So it was kind
1: of like, hey, that's ours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, my, actually, my buddy Adam from from Analbirth, he had a project, Regurgitated Corpse, and the, I'll just leave it at this: there was a demo that was titled Shit Lovers, and he used a Waco Jesus uh, picture that they ended up using later on, man. But but you know, it's all it's all yep. good. It's all underground.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Waco's uh, Waco's from here, to uh, about an hour away from me. So, okay, so you know, those so- guys are really
1: that's another band, Waco Jesus. It's just, it just seems like there's yep. um, a, a kind of a legacy of true extremity in the subject matter in the underground scene in your area.
2: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is, man. I don't know if it's just <laughs> you know being surrounded by cornfields and we had nothing better to do and we just wanted to get faster and heavier and do whatever. But I don't really know, man. I mean, we had a, I guess we had a work ethic on our camp because I mean we got together, you know, multiple times a week and we were just. You know, try to grind stuff out as best we could and yeah, I, I don't know. I really don't, I don't well, know what it is. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, on that note, a couple of things you mentioned. You, you mentioned Rich Lips Coem of Flesh Grind starts United Guttural Records and um, uh, Hymns of the Sick, your first full-length album with and is actually the very first release on United Guttural. Uh, and, and something else you mentioned you, you said there was a little bit of a rift um, allegedly between Corpse Vomit and Cyanide and that camp and maybe the more um, like, like Flesh Grind and Broken Oak, do you think that might in some way represent uh, uh, the old school metal from the 80s and early 90s versions of Black and Death Metal and then the new school of Brutal Death Metal coming in towards the mid 90s, was that, was that the separation there?
2: I think it was... Well, I mean, the Corp sonic guys are all kids. They're all my age, you know, so okay. we were all the same age. You had the Cyanide guys um, who were quite a bit older. I mean, they were like the... You know, we, we looked at the Cyanide guys like, oh, man, these guys are, you know, <laughs> godfathers, you know? Um, still doing it, yeah. Yeah, I and mean, I, I still remember buying the Dying Truth in the store. I mean, I was like, oh, this is so awesome. Um, but... And, and little bit I know, they were, you know, at that time when I bought it, they were two and a half hours up the road. But I think it was it wasn't really a a um, a separation like that. It was more of there's a very distinct wine barrier in Chicago. There's the north side and there's the south side. And the cyanides, Courtwell, the guys were all Southsiders and they had a different feel against the the North Side kind of crew. It was more of the the Southsiders are the guys that are gonna work for every penny, and the north-siders are the, the the kids that got everything handed to them, kind of thing. I could be, you know, blown away off, but um, okay. Well, I, I just that, that's the feeling that I always had.
1: Yeah, different sides of the tracks, cultural difference type of thing. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, and the only reason I ask is because um, you know I brought up that you're the first United guttural release. And there's this push because, you know, we've we've had other people on the show. We've had uh, the malignancy guys. We've talked with quite a few people about how towards the mid to late 90s, death metal starts moving further away from the thrash metal influence. And uh, maybe this is my New York centric uh, take on things, but it seems like internal bleeding, pyrexia, suffocation start leading the way and making things more rhythmic and and brutal and, and uh, guttural in the vocals. Um, do you have thoughts on that?
2: There's definitely a different feel that New York brought. Um, and I, I'm sorry, but I think suffocation started. Yes, um, don't be sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I love internal bleeding. I love all those games. Uh, you know, from back when Reedy was in the band, I mean, the, the, you know, we uh, did lots of shows with those guys back in the day. Um, and, I mean, I, I love internal bleeding. But I think, I think suffocation started, I think, for whatever reason, internal gets the the fame for it for the groove thing but I think every every suffocation song has got that in there as well um Pyrexia as well um I think to me what stood out was probably the bands on the outskirts you know like Dying Fetus and like Modal Decay. um they just had a different kind of feel that I gravitated to I really liked you know Suffocation and, and um, uh, internal and all those guys, but I think I gravitated towards more of those bands like Dying Fetus, which had a little bit more technicality. Not that Suffocation didn't have it, but um, something about Fetus when they when they came out, man, they had that technicality. But then they always had that money riff. Mm-hmm. They just always just like, damn, how does he fucking write those? You know, it's like it's like yeah. every fucking song has got just this ridiculous. And I'll I'll say I think Baving and Trails is still the best nine fetus there is. that's my favorite. It's just raw and it's just ugly, but it's just got everything that it needs. You know, it and I don't care if, you know, how the drums sound or whatever, but it's perfect to me. Um, but I think we maybe from our aspect that that was some of the things that we're hitting around here. You know, we were hitting a lot of uh, back in those days at the tape trading you know, Dying Fetus was, was kinda of getting big. Um, I was really into Mobile Decay. There was sepsism from uh, California. Yes. Um, a, a lot of those kind of bands were starting to seep into my brain. I wasn't, you know, trying to copy anything, but I, I would I would kind of pick some of those things apart. I couldn't do anything that John Gallagher was doing guitar wise. So there was no chance I was gonna copy any of that. But um, we always the the funny thing about when I was in Deadman, we were all very into metal, but we were all very into different kinds of metal. Um, so you have me, which was like the basic, I was, I was the, the underground guy. I was, I was listening to all the demos and doing all the tape training. Then the other guys were into Dream Theater and Sepultura. So we had a lot of different influences coming in. So where I might throw one style out one of the other guys is bouncing something else back um so i think it was kind of hard to pinpoint that you know we weren't saying hey let's go and honestly i mean we never really unless you were talking about like major bands like suffocation cannibal and stuff like that none of us were listening to a lot of the same stuff so i don't think we were picking apart stuff like the new york sound and saying hey let's you know Let's kind of come up with one of these money riffs or whatever, and, and throw that in there, and, and write everything around her. And I don't even know that at that point we were conscious that there was a specific New York kind of sound yet. Yeah. Maybe, maybe slightly, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think we totally grasped it at that point well, in the nineties. Well. yeah,
1: and you know, things things didn't spread as quickly back then, unless you were keyed into the to the tape trading and all that sort of thing, but. well the reason i bring it up too is it just seemed like illinois you guys were locked and loaded for that era and when when like nine when the late 90s came up and it was all about guttural vocals and and kind of more slam riffs um uh, you you know united guttural just like you know here's here's a bunch of whole crazy releases um and and lividity had been established they had been doing the dreaded zine and tape trading for years doing the compilations Um, and it just seems like that was kind of like, I remember I attended, I was fortunate enough to have attended Milwaukee Metal Fest 2000. And I believe there was a whole United Guttural stage. Um And not, oh, that, yeah. not that they were from Illinois, but regurgitation also. There was just a whole scene that seemed centrally, centrally gravitated around the Illinois death metal scene. Is that how you saw it? Um, Yeah, I, th- I
2: think. Yeah, once Rich really got going and he started pushing things out, I think there was definitely a, a kind of a change and people were moving towards that. And I think there was a Midwest, and, and it, it branched out, you know, farther than, than just Illinois, but I, I guess Illinois probably had the biggest. If, Ohio well. was probably the heart and then of Lando You had Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. Yeah. Um, you had a couple of bands from Indiana, but mostly I'd say Ohio and Illinois were you know what you had the, the most from but yeah I think there was definitely there was a it was kind of like a changing I don't want to say changing of the guard because none of us really ever got big enough to do uh, you know to say we we're you know the next group of of bands like you know the Suffocations and, and Cannibal Corps or anything like that none, but it to us it wasn't about that we were just we we're enjoying playing shows Um and we didn't understand how you know you get from one level to the next and Rich was just kind of like a really well done DIY label anyway so (laughs) I I I don't know
1: I know I know Rich has um, since kind of moved away from the death metal scene and is is doing other things are you in in touch with him at all
2: uh yeah I talk to him every now and then he called me when he actually got out of uh, the the label stuff and told me what he was doing I wished him well um I got I got no beast with Rich whatsoever He's, uh, he's a great guy um known the guy for so long and played, you know, for the stage with him so many times I can't even imagine um, having any kind of ill feelings towards him just because he wants to change his lifestyle. And I mean, I know there's guys out there that are mad at him for certain things, but I, you know, I, I talk to Rich pr- not, not frequently, but uh, we'll shoot each other messages here and there. He's living out in Montana now, I believe. Um, if he's since last time I talked to him. Um, but yeah, when he when he was going to shut down the label he called me up and told me about it i said hey good luck with everything dude and you know he went in on to do what he believed and what his heart wanted to follow and, that, and that's fine that makes perfect sense you only got one uh one small piece of time on this rock so do what you want to do with it
1: yeah that's the way i see it respect to him it's it's something that we get questions about Uh, on the podcast when we talk about this sort of thing and and um you know we talk about that era there was you know i see it and i was i was a teenager collecting a lot of these demos of you know these bands we're talking about and um i i I always saw illinois and ohio as kind of like this 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 land where um that was a little ahead of the curve because then you know you also have devourment corpse gristle records uh Dying Fetus is touring with Hatebreed by the early 2000s and now look at where we are with brutal guttural death metal you know it's crazy right right um,
2: yeah. yeah it's it's absolutely crazy
1: <laughs> yeah yeah man it, it, it's everywhere and uh you know something I wanted to get into is I know that um if I got his name right Ethan Depp your drummer from End
2: Deppie,
1: yeah. E- Ethan Deppie, yeah. got to, You know, just respectfully, I like to make sure I get everyone's name right. Ethan Deppie, your drummer yep. from Dead and long-time long drummer, I believe the only drummer Dead in ever had. He develops uh, tendonitis very badly in the fall of 1999, and you guys kind of have to sideline the band for several years.
2: Is that accurate? Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. So, yeah, so Ethan and Drew, we all, like I said, we all went to high school together, all the guys that were and we all went to high school together but they started the band Ethan and Drew uh, the other guitar player and Ethan on drums and it was more of they did you know covers and stuff like that and whatnot. and they just kind of did it for fun and then uh, when I came in it kind of changed I kind of shifted gears on them but um, yeah Ethan was going to the U of I as a music major he actually is the only one in the band that knows what we're doing Um, He can like write down all the notes and he does all that kind of stuff and I mean he just he is he can pick up an instrument and within thirty minutes have it mastered him and he's a he's a he's a badass when it comes to, to music stuff. Um so I don't know if it was a technique thing from getting into doing blast and, and playing fast or whatever, but he he started having real bad elbow problems. So we said, Okay, let's let's take a little break. That break ended up being like five years. <laughs> okay. And uh, we ended up getting back together later and you know, doing another album. But um, it, it just it went a little bit longer than we wanted. Unfortunately, by the time, you know, we decided to pick things back up, you know, we're you know, five years have passed. Things happen in people's lives we were all kind of spread out through the, the state. And it's just not as easy to get back on track and continue doing things. So that's what it is.
1: Well... It- it, but we are glad that in 2006 you left us displaying the art of carnage, the um the second uh, full length dead end album on Epitomite Productions, uh, sure. where um and that was also where I, I, I'm gonna mispronounce this man's name uh, too, Jake uh, Lanier? Liniers, Jake Liniers, um replaces Danny yep. Hughes on bass, longtime bass player Danny Hughes on bass, uh and and. You know, I, you know, as big a fan as I and a lot of listeners are of the early Dead in material and of Hymns of the Sick, displaying the art of carnage, it seems like in those five years, uh, you guys expanded your repertoire. It's, it's, it seems to be a much more experimental um, and technical death metal album. Uh, and I would even say maybe like a Dead End-style take on, on like Gore Guts or Human Remains. Is, is that accurate or is that
2: reaching? Oh, that's very... Uh, I mean, that- I I thank you very much for those uh, compliments Um, (laughs) so yes and no Um, the majority of those songs that we had for displaying the Art of Carnage were actually written before we took our break so um, uh, probably I think there's nine songs on there eight or eight songs on there I think probably at least five of them were, were already written and it was just going back through and trying to remember them. Um, three of those other songs, I pretty much wrote. Um, I, I did. A, I did the majority of the of the writing uh, for the dead and stuff. Um, but the the majority of that album was actually stuff that was we were just moving into that progression. We were. We were. I think you can see a progression from the demos to the hymns of the Sick, and then it continued this morning, But it was all. For the most part it was just that that train kept going um and we were just at that point but we just never got to go record it we actually had a whole the whole album done and written and then the the ones that i could remember i could remember and then the other ones but i couldn't they're they're gone and and i just had to write some other songs but um it, it was just a continuation it was just the next phase of where it was going
1: Okay, well, that's interesting. And, and you know, I recommend, too, because I feel like that album doesn't get brought up in the conversation as much, uh, maybe because it's a little more removed from that late 90s era uh, that, that, that Dead is remembered for. But what an album. And going back, it's like, like I said, just maybe people who um, are fans of, like, Mortal Decay, that more progressive style of brutal death metal. There's a lot in there um, musically that, that kind of expands. Um, and, and also, 2006... It's the same year that I believe you become
2: a member of Lividity, right? Yeah, so 2005 is when I started in Lividity, but I think 2006 is when the album came out. um, Used to be as well
1: Okay, and and you actually, uh, is it fair to say that you replaced or filled the role that Matt Bishop played in the band? Yes. I I took Matt's uh, yeah i mean not not to no um, all due respect to matt bishop and i don't say that in, a, in any disrespectful way but obviously he left the band and the band needed that position filled and, and you kind of step in um yes uh, uh, so we see then that the next i, I, I believe it was used abused and left for dead on epitomite uh records was your first album that you contributed to right yes what did you play a role in the writing or did you kind of like join the band
2: and they had a bunch of material written or um so i had six weeks to learn all that material and get into the studio Um, (laughs) okay i the the, i was sitting on my couch and matt bishop called me and like i said we went to high school together we'd known each other we were you know we'd we'd sit in my room and play sodom covers all day on on our guitars and we'd known each other forever so he calls me says guys or he says von I just got booted out of lividity. I'm like, dude, that's fucked up. And literally 30 minutes later, Dave calls me and says, "Dude, we just kicked Matt out, and, well, I want you in the band." And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, wow. Okay. I was, I was like, dude, let me, let me think about that because you know those guys were, you know, all brothers. I still consider them all brothers, and you know, well, you know, Matt, I guess. Um, obviously, I'm still doing lividity. Um, so I said, let me, let me think about it, and let me, let me, you know, because I don't want to piss anybody off and I don't want to you know make things ugly between anybody so I thought on it um, you know had some conversations with Dave about it and I, I ended up joining up so I had I went up there with him with, and that's when we had Jordan Varela playing drums who he would fly in from north uh, North Carolina and we would we had one practice with Jordan um, I learned all those songs in six weeks. And then we went into the studio and recorded it. <laughs> so it was kind of like thrown right into the fire on it. And I mean, it's not that anything was crazy technical or hard or anything, but it was just like, wow, this is going really fast. Well, so,
1: you know, something I, I, I feel like, I honestly feel like uh, Lividity again, you know, I said before with Dead and I asked you if you ever felt like the subject matter uh, and the aesthetic might have turned certain people away who could have appreciated the musicality. And with Lividity Uh, even more I think like because they've had kind of a tongue in cheek uh, humor angle to to the gore and um, there's some people that I I feel like might not realize how serious the musicianship is in lividity I mean it's fast and uh, you know especially over the years I've seen them evolve uh, from uh, the earlier material uh, to, to like now being like on par with some of these modern blasty technical death metal bands you know
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think for whatever reason, um, people gravitated more towards the dead and stuff, and we never really had people shy away from it, even even with the gory stuff that we had. Lividity has its has its fair share of haters. I mean, we'll, we'll go play shows. I mean, I've been spit on. I've been, you know, we've been banned. We've been all kinds of things. People take the... And the, the crazy thing is, is, the dead and stuff was the same material, just written in a more serious note. Lividity does it more in a comical way and people really take offense to it in a totally different fashion. It's really, really weird.
0: Where have you guys been banned from?
2: Um, we we played. We got boycotted in... They tried to ban us first in a show in Canada. Um, they, I mean, they shut the power off and everything. Um, we got boycotted at a show in... I think it was Belgium. It's either Belgium or Austria. I can't remember. They had signs on the windows. I mean, there's there's been no shortage of, of little weird things of you know they're rapists you know don't support them and we're like what <laughs> just, we're just we're just playing music man so
1: wow yeah. okay and, yeah and, and, so because I was one thing I was going to ask you is I've I've always got uh, had the perception that lividity uh, is um, bigger in Europe or that you you
2: guys tour Europe a lot we. I, I, I guess that definitely is a perception because we go do stuff there more often. Um, I think it's just a logistic thing because here, I mean, we've done little state tours and stuff like that in Canada, and um, but I think it's easier with Europe being so much smaller. The travel is easier. I mean, for us to to drive from you know one state to another, it might take us you know. Eight, nine, ten hours, and we got to have somebody drive, and it's a total different kind of. Um, I guess doing a a headlining thing over in Europe is easy for us to pull off, as opposed to over here, um, where it's a little bit more fickle of a of a following and crowd. People might come out. People tend to come out more in Europe. Um, and I don't. I don't want to make that sound like rude or whatever, but I, I think it's you just never know what you're gonna get and when you go from I mean, we might have a decent show in Chicago, but when you go down to Tennessee, who knows what's gonna happen, you know? Um, so and it's it's such a more expensive endeavor to do the states and just to I mean just to get out to the West Coast is gonna take us days and days and days where we can go do a ten ten show run in Europe and hit, you know, six, seven countries. Yeah. So logistically it makes sense. Uh, yeah unfortunately
1: and and all right so now just just, uh trying trying to address like you say um you've been banned certain places people call you rapists and the subject matter is extreme i've been trying to um uh like wrap my head around that uh, and and you know i don't believe in censorship uh you know i'm a big fan of macabre um you know growing up that we've had you know like you know, here in New York, we had like what the Jerky Boys, Howard Stern, Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, you know, and obviously nowadays we live in a completely different type of society and culture. I, I guess what I'm getting at is, is like with lividity, is it kind of just like a um, an upping the ante on shock value, uh, trying to drive it on? Is it like like like, um, is it just like a sense of humor taken to the extreme? How how would you uh, describe it?
2: I, th- I think I mean from an from a I mean I'm forty almost forty five years old now I mean i'm not I'm not eighteen trying to piss off my parents anymore, you know i'm I'm just trying to think of things that I think are funny or comical to me because at the at the end of the day, I'm writing music for myself and if other people do it cool. but um I think. I don't. I don't set out to say, okay, this has got to be better than this album, or this has got to be whatever. We're just doing it to to fulfill a passion and a need that we need to get things out. Um, yeah, we're going to try to come up with the next funny title or whatever, but I don't think we're doing it at this point in this age to be. You know, I don't think we're trying to remain on some tier of, of whatever it is. It just comes out that way. Maybe I don't know. I don't. I don't think we're consciously trying to just, you know, hold our our place on some, you know, imaginary throne. Of, of no, I'm, I'm not implying
1: that. Is it fair to say that you're trying, uh, that you're that you're not trying to push the limits on society's uh, limits of shock, but you're you're trying to push the limits of maybe how hard you can make your bandmates laugh or how hard you can shock each other with what you come up with. You know, yeah, uh, I mean, I'm as, always.
2: I, I mean, this last album, it was, it was. There was a lot of deep-rooted hate that I think we all had. We were trying to get out and, and anger. I don't know where it was all coming from, but it was all. That's what all the majority of the lyrics were coming from. And I mean, I was going through a divorce at that time. Maybe that's where it was coming from. Um, well, let's let's babe,
1: talk. I mean, res- not, I don't want to get into your private life, but I'm just saying, let's talk about the role. You know, we, we talk about extreme death metal, gore lyrics, brutality in the artwork. Um, uh and there's so many people in death metal that are just genuinely nice balanced people. your average death metal person is not a total psycho uh you know right. this is how people work through things and express things um and and uh, and and deal with the dark side of our lives right
2: right absolutely yeah so absolutely
1: so, so I mean well and when you when you hear it in that context, then you have then you go on tour and you get banned from a, a certain club or someplace like that like what like what would you say to people that's that that try to equate your character as a person with the uh, the song title you came up with
2: I think with those people you just I think those people need some sort of cause to make them feel a certain way so I don't think you're gonna resonate to them whether they want to hear it or not um, I think i think they're hell-bent on whatever uh people i mean they, okay we write songs about women and, and doing things to women I write songs about doing things to guys too but those get overlooked but it everybody gravitates to those songs about women yet you know all these other bands do it and i don't hear about these you know you look at bands like torso Fuck and I, you know, I, all
0: these, I, I mean, culturally, there's like a, you know, the reason this whole, like, Me Too movement and thing has, like, gained so much traction in the past couple of years and stuff like that is, um, people don't, they have a hard time, like, partitioning things in their brain. Like, yeah. like, everyone knows rape is bad, even the rapist. Right. But for some reason, there are people out there who are very vocal who don't think people know. Because you're an artist and you're doing that, they're going to attack you. Because yeah, they, okay. they assume that everyone's a fucking idiot
2: exactly and i think they they need a cause to to rally around and and it makes them feel better to, to be a part of some cause maybe or something i don't know yeah
0: well
1: and and what's interesting too is you know you say like the people say you know they're oh they're rapists when and you know in reality you're you're artists you're musicians um and and maybe you have a sense of humor that's that's pushing certain uh limits but at the same time you know we we have actual rapists that are not addressed in society we have things that go exactly. on that people get away with every day and they don't they don't have an album you know they're they they do not go broke trying to tour you know the east coast you know
2: but on the same on the, on the flip side of that coin we glorify you know the the serial killers and the and the murderers so you know what at what point <laughs> you know when does it when does it become You know, just comical because you're, you're, I write a song about it and it's, it's, you know, I should be chained up. But this guy just raped and killed and murdered 14 women. But we're going to go try to find out where he lived and what school he went to. And I want to try to buy, you know, his clothes that he wore the last year of his life. You know, (laughs) where's the balance at?
0: (laughs) Right. No, (laughs) you're right. there There is no balance. Like people throw down these lines and the lines are always moving like, you know, there were people who were riding um, the first time they heard, like, the story of the Headless Horseman. Like, that was yeah, too violent. Right. And now it's, like, uh, it's an ever-moving line of stuff, like, and when you look at shit for what it is, it's just, like, it's just art. It's it's fine, really, I guess. You know, I, I mean... well.
1: I, I mean, how, how's this? I wouldn't say it's fine, but I would say that's because maybe real life isn't fine. I, you know, the same argument has been applied to hip-hop music through the years about the, vi- the depictions of violence and crime, um, you know, N.W.A., the Ghetto Boys. Uh, right up until today's young artists, people always say, we're just talking about what's going on um, in impoverished urban areas. We're just We're just reporting it like the news does. We're talking about real life. Uh, and, you know, before right. I talked about Jeffrey Dahmer, this, that's that real life story who was not a guy that played death metal. He was a regular, you know, whatever, just a guy in an apartment somewhere that blew up in the 90s. Uh, you know, and, and maybe this type of music and these things we're talking about are a reflection on our
2: society. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What and, I, I mean, When I
0: say fine, I mean, it's I, just just the artistic like. An artistic interpretation Absolutely. is just that. It no, stops I'm, there.
1: I'm not disagreeing with yeah, you right. at all, Tom. I'm just I'm seg I'm spinning around on the Segway. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but yeah. But Vaughn. Wow. So this is going places um, outside of death metal, uh, heavy commentary, <laughs> and you know, again, we got you on the horn here to talk about your bands and your death metal. And we should state that you're n- you're in no way a representative for the entire death metal scene or for f- any faction of the death metal scene. You're one man and one musician. Um, so we we appreciate your input.
2: I I appreciate being asked about it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, man. Well, because if we're gonna talk about gore, uh who who else to talk about um with it than, than you, man? Uh and and on that note, you know, something else we talked about was you guys um touring and traveling, and we know that you didn't get banned from every show because Lividity seems to do a lot of like live recordings.
2: Yes. That's, that's a Dave thing. Dave Dave uh, will record himself playing in the bathroom and we'll put it out on 7-inch or something. Um, he he has had a goal of... He, he is very... Um, I want limited to be a household name, you know, no matter how vile or disgusting we are. And if I've got to put out every live recording that we have, then I'll do it. If, if he can find somebody to spread the name, and he's going to go for it. He, he doesn't care. And I mean, in one way, I'm kind of like, man, that really didn't sound very good. But you know, okay, it, I got something else to put on the on the shelf of, that was printed for some reason. So I guess I'll take huh. it.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, kind I, of weird. I would love uh, to, to have Dave on the show eventually too, and speak to him, man. Because it's it's funny when you, when you say he'd love to have Lividity be a household name. Uh, you know, as, as we all would for a lot of our projects, it's just funny because it seems like somebody who doesn't give a flying fuck about who likes your band or not. You know what I mean?
2: Right, right. I'm I'm very different than Dave. Um, where I'm, I'm more serious, everything's got to be more, I like things to be very polished and as perfect as I can get it. He doesn't care how raw it is. He wants it just to be, if it's ugly when it happens, then let's let it shine. And, and i love the guy for it and i mean he's he, he'll let the ugliness show you know if, if if it's there and and it's one thing it's kind of like okay that's it, what it is um dave you get dave on here and you you better be ready to talk for about three hours because that guy will talk you to death and he remembers everything like i mean his, his brain is like an encyclopedia of just facts and, knowledge and evil he will run it all down for you. That's that's what we're looking for, man. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: He's a a good one to get.
1: I'll cyber-stalk him just like I I got you, man, (laughs) and we'll get him on the horn. But (laughs) but we got you on the horn right now, Um, and there's a a few more things I just want to talk about. And, you know, something you mentioned, you said you're a little bit different uh, than Dave. You like everything to be a little more serious and polished. Um, Jake, Jake, uh, uh Lanier, the, uh, the bass player, uh, who was on displaying mm-hmm. the art of carnage joins lividity within a few years of you being in lividity. Um, do yeah. you say, do you see, uh, you know, well, as an outsider, as a listener, I see the later era from when you join, uh, you know, and then you have to desecrate and, def- and defile in 2009, uh, 2018 per- perverse severance. I'm glad I pronounced that right. Um, yeah, yeah. Is, is, it, it seems like there's definitely an influence from you guys, where the, where the the musicality uh, is stepped up a notch, the technicality. I compare it almost to like a gorgasm or a band like that.
2: Yeah. So when we when we did to desecrate and defile, um, well, we came off of uh, use, abuse, and That, and, and I forgot to answer you there. I wrote one song on that, and I added, I, 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 I my my you know, thoughts to a couple different songs, but I didn't really have a whole lot of time to do that. I pretty much came armed with one song, and we threw that on there, and then it was tour and and promote it, and then let's get on to the next thing. And then it um, it was very much a, okay, I came to the table with five songs, Dave came to the table with five songs, I think Jake came to the table with two songs. So it was very much, you're going to hear my writing style, you're going to hear Dave's writing style, you're going to hear um, a couple of things from Jake. Then once we got to this last album, Perverse of Errance, we took a little break in there too, and some some personal things that some people need to be ironed out. Um, when we got together for Perverse Adverance, it was a very uh, mindful thought of, we don't want it to sound like, you know, part of a dead album. Harvin Opel Verde album. So you know, let's let's make it sound like you know we all wrote, and, and that's what we did. We got together, and all those songs are pretty much written together. Um, so we bounced those ideas off of each other, and, and we worked them through to completion. And then we got up there with, with Garrett and, and figured out the drums. Um, so it was it, it's it's been a really cool progression to to go from. And that's we're actually starting to write some music now, and we're starting to get back into that mindset of okay, let's show me what you've got, and I'll bounce these rest off of you, and we'll, we'll meld these songs into a complete thought instead of it just being one person's goal and and get it to completion, and, and then it sounds like one person's thought. So, it, it's getting back into that kind of band construct and mentality of let's let's get in the room and iron it out instead of just. You hash out something in in your room and then bring it to us, and then we get got just a mismatch of stuff. And I think this last album flowed a lot better because um, it just had that continuity to it. Me personally, so
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I'm getting at. Is it's been interesting to see the evolution. Uh, you know, back back in in the '90s, everybody knew Lividity, everybody knew Dead in, and then now to be in 2020 and see that is interesting, and. Uh, you know, just just to bring it home, one more thing that's really interesting to see and that I'm anticipating uh, is the band Between the Killings. Um, yeah. If, if I got that right, and we, if I'm not mistaken, there's there hasn't been any recorded music yet by that group, and it's not even on Metalum yet.
2: No, it's it's uh, everything is in the works right now. Um, if that has been recorded yet. It's going to be kind of a different process. Of, I don't think I'm supposed to divulge any of that yet. Okay. Um, but it's going to be kind of a, it's going to be a different kind of release schedule, so to say. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of a different way that we're doing things It's all conceptual based. I'll, I'll give you that part. Um, but it's all um, it's going to be multiple multiple things that are all going to be concept based. Um, but it's, it's, it's a very exciting project.
1: All right, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I, um, anything I know, I got off of your fa- the the Between the Killings Facebook page, so I'm not trying to spill any beans or get you in trouble, uh, with your bandmates. <laughs> but, um, uh, we, you know, we know that, um, it's got some scene veterans, uh, Phil Good, a uh, member of Necrotic Disgorgement and many other projects on bass, um, yep. uh, Kyle Kreisman, uh, a uh, former member of Gorgasm and Human Filet, uh, on drums. Yep. And it was just yeah. recently announced that none other than a uh, past guest of our show, Joe Gordon of Mortal Decay, is going to be joining you on guitar.
2: Absolutely. That, that's absolutely. Crazy. I'm really excited about that.
1: Sick. Yeah, anybody who knows about the stuff we've been talking about this interview, United Gutteral <laughs> Records, the late 90s scene, um, I mean, this Between the Killings, this is like a crazy all-star lineup type of situation, and I, I'm just going out on a limb here. I assume that the, um, uh, the BTK in between the killings is not by accident.
2: <laughs> you know, that's... Uh, uh, Braxton came to me with this, this singer. He's uh, from Rupture Christ, and he, he, uh, he came to me with this, this idea. It was mostly an idea when we, when we started talking about it when, when I got involved. I don't think it necessarily had anything to do with, with Dennis Rader. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I think that was just by, by happenstance. Wow, okay. ha- ha- happy <laughs> accident. No. Oh God. All yeah. Right. I, I think, I mean, the whole, the whole concept. So kind of the idea when, when he pitched it to me, it was like, you know, what is the serial killer doing, you know, from the point of the last killing up to the next one, you know? So, that's why it's called between the killings, um, but I, I don't think he ever had anything as far as BTK.
1: Okay, so yeah, uh, just a great co- going on
2: mine. I think it's just. I think it was just by chance.
1: Coincidence. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the cooldown period, as they say. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, with that, with that being said, you know we've had you on the horn a while. We want to be respectful of your time, as we always say. I just want to wrap it up, and before I ask you um, uh, for some recommendations musically. Uh, you know, we are on Long Island here. I know that um, uh, you're somebody who follows uh, true crime. I, You know, I, I guess, uh, you know, we were talking before. Uh, have you been up to date and followed the story of the Long Island
2: serial killer? I have not.
0: No, I'm kind of I'm kind
2: of out of touch with all that stuff. I, I haven't really gotten super in-depth into all that stuff in a, in a while.
1: Okay, Fair enough, and you know sometimes we all need to take a break and get into, get into different subject matter from time to time. But it's if it's worth a, a trip down the wormhole if you ever get the true crime itch um, again. Okay. Uh, but uh, just just to wrap up, we um, we always ask our guests to, rec- to uh, recommend one older album and one newer album by any artist. It doesn't have to be metal; could be metal uh, for us and our listeners.
2: An older album, I mean
1: just yeah and, and your perception anything from back in the day and anything from fairly recently
2: we are you know very broad one of my absolute favorites is going to be disincarnate dreams of the carrying Count*. So wow. If okay. people don't know on that one then that's that's a must um, know that. yeah james murphy yeah yeah exactly and if i guess i'll give you a little bit slightly obscure more obscure one. i guess uh resurrection of all existence you can't go wrong with either of those two yeah. um I mean nothing, nothing too crazy, but uh, well, I, I guess those are two of my,
1: solid. those you are two know, of my albums. And what about something more recently that's come out?
2: Uh, as I told you, man, talking that that latest Afterbirth is amazing. Um, <laughs>
1: hey, I I, dude, I I appreciate it. I'm happy to work with those guys, man.
2: Dude, that is phenomenal. That is a phenomenal album. That and I, I dude, that's one of my favorite albums of this year and. The other one that I would go with is going to be a Bremolin, uh Never Enough Snuff out of uh, Australia. Uh, Those two releases probably my favorite two of the year.
1: What was the second one you said?
2: Uh, a Bremlin from uh, Australia.
1: Okay, I got to look that up.
2: Okay, cool. and, yeah. and I appreciate uh, uh, that, appreciate uh, the afterwards, Yeah, dude, absolutely, it's, it's phenomenal. I guess a third honorable mention is going to be that latest oratory that Sour Grapes. That that oh, that's that so disc- much
0: fun. I, I fucking love dude. that album. I haven't talked about it on the it's, show yet, but it's so good. Yeah,
1: it's so good. Yeah, another, absolutely uh, another artist. We should, we should try to have somebody from gore on the show in the future. But tonight, uh, Vaughn Young, you were our guest, and we really appreciate your time. I appreciate the conversation. We got into a lot of stuff there. That was cool. Um, and uh, uh, the latest, as you said, the latest Lividity album is, I'm going to try to pronounce it again, Perverse Severance. I always think Absolutely. of deaths, the sound of of, of, uh, of perseverance. Uh, you know, like kind of like that's Lividity's answer to that in a way. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me.
2: That was our take on we're still, per, per, uh, per, I can't even say it anymore, the Perverse, regular way. Persevering. Uh, yeah, we're Yeah, we're trying to persevere with our perverseness. So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's, I should say, that's available. Uh, there's a band camp that has all the Lividity stuff. Um, you can look up Lividity everywhere. You guys have been around uh you've been banned uh places (laughs) um uh dead in uh you know the music is still out there we appreciate Dead and vaughn we really appreciate your time and we're going to keep um our eyes out for between the killings uh which has a facebook page people can follow and eventually metallum for once i'm just going to gloat a little bit for once we're one up on metallum but they'll they'll have it in there tomorrow so
2: (laughs) awesome sounds good man all right well i appreciate the time dude and uh you guys uh take it easy and, and uh, thanks for thanks for thinking of me and, and uh i want to talk about old shit i did years ago and some some cool new stuff we're doing now so i, I really appreciate
0: that hell yeah man it's been a pleasure thank you cheers Vaughn. thank you
1: very much to our guest tonight, Vaughn Young of uh, Levitity, uh Between the Killings, and a uh, former member of Dead, and we appreciate his talk and his uh, candor. Um, covered a lot of ground in that
0: one, man. Good guest. Sure did. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, yeah. it was a lot of fun, man. Uh,
1: yeah, and, uh, you know, again, uh, you can go check out um, uh, the old Dead material is still out there, Levitity, um their latest album. Let's see if I can say it again, Perverse
0: Oh, I was it. I was thinking a little hate breed at the yeah, time I, too, yeah, you know, man, like yeah. <laughs> Surference. Every time I, yeah, <laughs> Surference, yeah, that's yeah. that's our fake hate breed cover band, Surference. Yeah, being,
1: being perverted is the death of desire, uh, whatever. I don't know. Um, listen, Love words. I'm already familiar with Hatebreed and Deaden and Levitity. Uh I need you guys to kick something else to me. What's what's going on? Do you got something to recommend to me?
0: I do. Um, Will, I, I was thinking about you a lot. Uh, listening to this band right here. I hope
1: you cleaned up, buddy. Oh! <laughs> I didn't.
0: <laughs> uh, we got uh, Exul. Mm. Uh, this is a, a brand new band out of Tucson, Arizona. Love it. Where my aunt lives, and where uh, mm. we played the best in autopsy show, I think. Okay. That was fun, yeah. That um, right. was a good one. So we're listening to their their brand new debut EP uh, from 2020. How about that? Exul. Um, really dark mean uh old school sound death metal i'm gonna say fucking we're treading in in metal death territory a little bit over here i will agree with you sir but i I wanna i'd like to kind of compare this to this the modern caveman kind of movement Mm. and i think that this band adds a a bit more um atmosphere to it
1: yes they Um, do
0: Almost like a blackened caveman type thing. Like I would really like to see this band with a Sangosuga bag, like on you know on tour for a little bit, Mm -hmm. or maybe when they run the Southwest. Uh, But you know there there's very little information about this band. I think there's two dudes in it. They're killing it. Uh, If they put the word out that they need some more members, they might have thirty in the band. I don't know, but
1: they might have maybe E forty will join. Yeah, yeah, that would be a, That would be a mashup. But I like them without E forty, yeah. celebrated Bay Area uh, rap pioneer. Um, but back but, to Ixul, yes. yeah.
0: This is it's just it's it's really cool, really dark and beautiful at the same time, uh, crushing. Um, I love you know the, the the chains that they must be dangling to create some of that atmosphere. Like I was saying, uh, really like the production. Um, I, I only have only one note, and it's it's just. Uh, it's, it sounds like it's recorded without a, a metronome, which is fine. Just a little, it falls a little off for me at some point. I like that in a recording. Yeah. In a day of uh, quantized grids and songs that sounds like they were written in Excel sheets, I welcome that. I get, like, spoiled sometimes, you know, if, if you could even call it spoiled. Um, I've listened to this a lot, and sometimes it it sometimes it jerks me, sometimes it doesn't. That's why I bring it up as a, as a constructive criticism. Uh, but I, I really like this, and I'm, I'm excited to uh, to see what this band does next. Out of Tucson, Arizona, a lot warmer uh, than it is here right yeah. now. This uh, um,
1: this this to me sounds like uh, I, you know you, you talk about treading the line between metal of death and caveman death metal. I think to me this at times this sounds like you know how all the kids are into mortician. Yeah, it's yeah. been a big thing the mortician memes and all that stuff and. Yeah. and every- I feel like we're finally in an era where we're seeing Mortician's influence on younger Metal of Death, OSDM, Caveman, you know, whatever. That's a good point, the younger though. generation, like, there's a Mortician influence here that delves deeper uh, below the surface than just horror movie samples. Um, uh, maybe a certain look or aesthetic trying to look like Will Raymer. Um, uh, tr- or trying to write, you know, like there, there's something to the guitar and the songwriting and the way they structure their songs here. There's just an attitude that's similar to Mortician without maybe just copying Mortician like a lot of people yep. have done. That's something mm-hmm. that I, I picked up on here. Um, I, I really like this. It, this is so sick and brutal, and um, I, I, I would definitely uh, uh, want to see what these guys do in the future.
0: Hell yeah. Uh, you know, 600 followers on Instagram or whatever, you know, very brand new. Van Camp, uh, let's show them some love. Let's get this going. This is quality. What is shit. this show about? Yeah. Spell spell their name one time. E X S U L. And there's a, there's a few bands that go by that name. So you make sure you check the one out from USA, most specifically Tucson, Arizona. Thank you. I, too, have a recommendation. Bruce, Junior Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> from Florida, of all places. That's wait, wait, where Bruce is from. The band's called Junior Bruce? Yeah, the band is called Junior Bruce, and this is their new album called Pray for Death <laughs> on Slumlord Records. Nice. <laughs> um, it was recorded by Jeff McAleer, and it was mixed and mastered by none other than Sanford Parker, so it sounds full and sick, as every mix that Sanford Parker yeah, cool. does. It's just got that mmm to it. Um, It's that full body push. I like the dynamic songwriting. I'm a fan of sludge that leans towards the upbeat style of things. Uh, A few episodes back, I brought in brain oil, for example. Sludge should be more fun. Should it not be? You can slow it down in your mind with marijuana weed. What about the rest (laughs) of us? I want to hear it faster. So if you're not that into Sludge, this would be a good place to start or or just don't listen to it. I don't know. But um, yeah, this is like all the elements of early Mastodon that I enjoy Mm -hmm. Um, Baroness before they turned into Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. Um, Ah. And yeah, so definitely check this out. Junior Bruce. Yeah, this is great. Loving the name. This is Sludge (laughs) if you really like (laughs) Shadows Fall. (laughs) Oh, man. Wow. I don't even know how to take that. It's in a good way. Maybe it's all the mids in the guitar. There's a lot of mids. But yeah, it's great. If this you didn't fun.
1: want me to listen to something that would be like, <laughs> like it's sludge but it's like
0: Shadows Fall. Like, oh, wow. I'm not going to second that at all. Um, <laughs> no, somebody who just loves Shadows Fall, you're like, "Come on, get get into something a little bit better." Like why are you talking, Junior Bruce. Why, why are
1: you talking to someone who really loves I'm Shadows Fall? Talking to a
0: younger <laughs> myself. <laughs> <laughs> What's that bass tone? Like square dimes falling. I I also love this because I know that this, Tom, this is how you want your mixes to sound. Sometimes, yeah. yeah, Well, yeah, sometimes. Maybe I don't know you so well. I want to write riffs like this. And when I'm done writing them, be be convinced that someone else will like it. (laughs) Because I do write riffs like this, and I never publish them or do anything or even make it to the side project phase. Dangerous thing, too. Dangerous as well.
1: interesting, Justin, is your recommendation this week and my recommendation are both uh, kind of sludgy, um, old-school, death metal, metal-of-death style uh, projects by uh, two members in the band. Very nice. And we don't we don't plan this out ahead of time. We just nah. kind of throw these recommendations at each other. I'm talking about morgue past tense, uh, from Boston. Um, uh, two-man project, members of the band... Inhalement, who I'm not familiar with, but we'll check out now. And I just, this is, um, you know, these guys aren't reinventing the death metal wheel. They're You know, they're not um, breaking the mold. They're doing something kind of uh, classic and uh, lo-fi and DIY, and I love it. And it's very, in my opinion, it kind of just captures the mood. It kind of captures the times. It's, um uh, you know, every, everyone's kind of indoors recording music, recording new projects, and these two guys from, a, from another band did a project with each other that just kind of captures that raw, old school death metal demo quality, it's not polished at all, um uh, they're, again, they're not doing anything terribly inventive or progressive, and I'm not mad at them for it, it's, this is just like ugly, old school, raw death metal they have kind of a science fiction bent on the lyrics and everything, um that's just uh, you know. Admittedly, they said inspired by uh, like Starship Troopers and Alien, uh, so it's relatable. That's what I like about it. It's it's a it's kind of a lo-fi demo by two younger guys in a, in another band. Um, just kind of a passion project for fun. It's up there on Bandcamp, and um, it just struck me as very relatable type of people that you meet at shows. Type of pe- you know, this is a band of the people, man. Look at these guys. They look like they uh, this is uh. Uh, Matt Mariano and Joey Sins from Boston. Joey Sins, yeah. yeah. They, they look like they they sell catalytic converters. Joe, uh, at Joey the flea Sins, is,
0: does he have a brother? You know what I want to say about this band name, though? fucking love it, because it's a word and then. It's, it's put in a tense uh, That it usually never has yeah, So yeah. it's kind of like It's almost doing the same thing That like Cannibal Corpse does When you first read that as a child And well, you're like What even is it? Yeah, yeah These
1: guys If you look at the picture of these guys I think morgue is probably like A, a slang term that they use When they beat somebody up Outside of the check cashing facility They do look tough <laughs> uh, These Yeah, no I, I'm not trying to get on the wrong side Of Matt Mariano <laughs> and Joey Sins From morgue over yeah. here what is the, is the guy? I think the guy's smoking a blunt. Like look, when look someone's got
0: the the winning ticket at the OTB and you yeah. want it, yeah, that's, they they get more.
1: This definitely looks like OTB. I don't know if do they have OTB up in Boston. They probably have an equivalent of it. Uh, I'm the, sure the, they the, do. The off off track betting. Yeah, this, oh. this is like go, like like science fiction death metal for OTB. <laughs> when you're waiting for that horse to come in, and you and you just got like seven seven minutes to kill, eight minutes to kill. You pop on this this quick demo. Um, Dude, we're joking. We're having fun, man. <laughs> Shout out to these guys. They're Boston guys. They could take it. Uh, I don't watch sports. I don't give a shit about the Patriots or the, or the Giants or yeah. the Yankees or the or the, or the whoever. The but Red What Sox. about the horses? Horses is sports. Uh, yeah, the horses is all
0: I care yeah. about. Horses sports. You told so, Matt Mariano
1: and Joey Sins think. I'm listening to that goddamn Morgue demo. Wait for the horses to come in.
0: Yeah, all right. He didn't win tonight, but wait till he gets to Kentucky. He's gonna take the whole thing. Fuck the Trotters. I only
1: bet the real shit.
0: Listen. Let me see some dressage. Put this shit on and let the people hear it. I got to
1: place my bets. Drive Uncle Tony up to OTB. So, uh, you know, I, again, I no, all kidding aside, we joked around a lot. We went off on a bit. of We got a little silly. We got a little silly with that morgue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but I enjoyed it. And what did I say? I, I told you guys while we were listening to it just now. It's relatable. It just sounds yeah. It sounds like people who love death metal. It's current, modern. They're young guys. Don't hate on them. Um, and I just love every once in a while, you know, I'm always looking for the most avant-garde, weird death metal release from 1975 that no one heard of. I'm trying to keep on top of what's going on in other countries and what's crazy. And sometimes I just like to hear something that sounds like some dudes that I would meet at a death metal show. And they're like, hey, man, I got this band I'm working on. And it was just relatable content. Thank you very much. Uh, science fiction, old school death metal. So shout out to Mord, uh from Boston. And we're just kidding around, having fun, man. Um... Uh, and um, speaking about kidding around, having fun, you know who else does that? Lividity. Sure <laughs> do. Uh, they're just having fun. Um, and shout to uh, Von Young, our guest tonight, member of Levitity, ex, um, ex-member of a uh, 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 former member of um, uh, Putrefaction as well, and current member of Between the Killings, who we got our eyes on, uh, patiently awaiting what that project does uh shout out to joe gordon former guest of the show you could always go back and check out our interview with him very early on in our podcasting career and um if you want to check out uh if you if you in case you've like binge listened and you've checked out every interview and you know what we're talking about you can get some bonus content that you don't know about uh by dropping a little drop drop dropping a couple bucks on the old patreon um put a little money on our little commissary there uh you know what i'm saying um, we got a couple of different tiers. I say just go, go for gold. Go big fish right off the bat. Yep, you yeah. get everything,
0: most money. You, you get our yeah, yeah, you
1: get our videos a month early. Uh, you get all the all the bonus episodes. We did some wild stuff for Halloween with Adam Rotella and Paulo. Yes, sir. Yeah, we're
0: uh, we're we're we're, co- we're like kind of in this uh, phase where we're editing a bunch of stuff and compiling ideas, so yeah. it comes out in, in in excellent little bursts of creativity as we yeah. do it. And I'm excited yeah. to to. Just load up the Patreon with I mean, some shit. There, soon. Uh, there, you know, there might be some alleged uh, musical projects be- you know, uh, involving one or two or three of us uh, that, that Patreon members get first cracked at.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, know? yeah,
1: you never know, man. We, we, we're working on music. We have video production going on behind the scenes. There's all sorts of things we do besides drinking, okay? Um, that's not the only thing we do. It just sounds like it sometimes. Functional. Yeah. -hmm. But in case you're interested in all that, you go to Patreon.com. It's got. I mean, you go to. uh, I'm sorry, you go to HeavyHolePodcast.com, where there's a link to our corner of Patreon.com. I hope there's. I hope there is. Yeah, (laughs) Um, and there's also a link to all of our social media. Uh, We're on Facebook, (laughs) Twitter, Instagram, and every Sunday night now. Hell yes. uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Instagram. uh, I've been going live. Yeah. Yeah. Flying solo. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Prime time. Will is live Uh, Every Sunday night I'm getting used to it It's a little scary Without you guys
0: It's kind of like Going to a good comedy show Where I'm being insulted The whole time That I'm not involved but it's great. It's fun. I wa- I watch it. Yeah.
1: I'll try to insult you guys more. Yeah. yeah thank please. you. Yeah. yeah thank while you. I do the show. Do the crowd work. Yeah. yeah do, just on so us. Work stuff. the crowd. No. But we've been doing it. I've been yeah, having I'm, a lot of I'm fun. I'm watching
0: and I'm just I'm typing, but I'm not sending. I'm going like, has Will ever like listen to like the Shadows <laughs> Fall demos? Have That's good. Like and I'm I but I just I never send it. Maybe I was just cyber stalking <laughs> me. Um.
1: Yeah. There's a, we I know about those messages where you don't want to accidentally hit send. <laughs> but seriously. Uh, yeah, we do the Instagram live thing uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Time every Sunday night. I take your questions about my bands, about the lyrics, about the show. I've been showing off, last night I was showing off Dungeons & Dragons manuals and t-shirts. and I think I'm going to get into tour passes and things like that. It's crazy. People ask me questions. Oh, you can yeah. see where my cat sleeps. It's It's stupid on there. Um, and we've been saving it in case you can't go live. If you're scared to be on there live, you don't know what's gonna happen. If that gives you anxiety, you can go back and check out. We save them all on our Instagram page. You can go to IGTV on there, watch, watch, and yeah. Uh, I just, I'm just sharing my collection and answering questions about the different um, uh, platforms I have. That's all, pretty much.
0: It's fun as hell. Yeah, yeah. it's a good time. Do it,
1: do it. All right, and um, uh, that's about it, I guess. Man, I, th- I think we got that. We got that. We got that. We talked to Von Young. We recommended music. Yeah. Uh, I also, I neglected to mention something I did what you earlier got, what today. Are you doing, what you got there? Um, I did go to the Euro Deli out there on Oak Street in Kopeg. And I got these um, Polish cookies. The last thing I'm going to mispronounce horribly this evening. Uh, Jeziki? I I don't know. I know it's milk chocolate and it looks like hazelnuts on the wrapper. We had a a delicious Polish meal, uh, a succulent Polish dish at the house earlier uh, at Smith Manor Farms. We had the um, (laughs) potato pancakes, the pierogies. They're imported uh, by way of uh, Adamba Imports on Mezzerol Street in Brooklyn. So I'm getting flashbacks of driving around Brooklyn going to metal shows before COVID. Uh, But by way of Poland, um, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce the city in Poland is from. I can't even read that. Holy shit. How how,
0: how many of those cookies are you willing to part with? Listen,
1: there's three here. There's three of us, everybody gets one.